Welcome back to an all new Hull Creations. I'm your host, Ryan Odman. Today, I'm going to be interviewing my two friends in Charlotte, North Carolina, named Siobhan and Lebecki. I had the honor of meeting these two ladies at a film event in Charlotte, North Carolina when I was, when I was out there a few weeks ago. They both have the passion of wanting to help young adults with autism to help them to find their dreams to help them to find their passions, to get going in the job industry. So without further ado, let's go meet Ms. Siobhan and Lebecki. Let's go. Hello, everybody. My name is Ryan Odman, and these are my friends, Lebecki and Siobhan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hello. So I'm really happy that they're here. Everybody that's watching, I really believe that you'll get something from this. The way how I met Lebecki and Siobhan is I was in Charlotte, North Carolina a couple weeks ago. And as a lot of you guys know, I've been on a journey of trying to find a job in filmmaking or in radio or in television. It's been quite a journey these past three months. Um, but with that, as I've been on this journey of looking for a job with, with um, filmmaking, I came across Lebecki and Siobhan in Charlotte. And as I was out there, I heard that they were doing special needs work, that they want to help young adults with autism to pursue their passions, to pursue their dreams, to find a job. And with that, I was like, well, you guys got to be on whole creations then. <laughs> and with that, we just decided, we decided to do a podcast together. And I really believe a lot of you out there will get something great out of this, out of this um, video and podcast that we're doing. So with that, I have made some questions for Lebecki first. I'm going to go ahead and, and interview Lebecki first, but I believe they both have something unique to bring to the table, um, especially being out there in Charlotte, North Carolina. I know there's a lot that goes on out there, and I really believe um, Lebecki and Siobhan, they do have a lot to offer to whole creations. So, Lebecki, tell us a little bit about your company called Let's Talk About It. Let's talk about it. the autism center was started because I myself have a son who's on the autism spectrum. He's currently 27 years old. And when he graduated high school, I realized while I was waiting for him to graduate high school, stating that, OK, graduation is almost here. I don't have to get up in the morning, take you, take you to school anymore. It's done. Right. However, I didn't know. I didn't have an answer for the what's next because although he's graduating high school, but what's next? So I had to figure that out. And let's talk about it. The autism center was formed because we wanted to be the what's next for students who will be graduating from high school and they may not be able to attend college. They may have to go into the work, work field and we wanted to be able to provide that structure, life skills, help them to advocate for themselves, being able to socialize, help with sensory management, behavioral management, because we know all those things come with autism. Yeah. And in order for our kids to move forward into the workforce or to get training, to go into the workforce, they have to be able to manage some of those things that come with autism. Yeah. 
Exactly. And because the thing is you want to bring more awareness to even employers out there that may not even know how to handle people, individuals with autism, because autism is such a big spectrum. And even in the higher functioning realm, there are so many um, variables, different individuals that, that um, struggle or have different abilities that you need to bring to these employers' attention. That's why I, I love the work that you guys are doing. And that's why we, we started our, I guess I can call it a parent company. Mm-hmm. We started Autism in Color. And so not, not only is Autism in Color a podcast, but Autism in Color was formed so that we can educate employers on how to engage with our individuals who are on the spectrum. As you stated, Ryan, they have a different ability. And we, what we want them to see is the ability they have to do the job. Because most of our kids, especially our high-functioning ones, and I'm not going to say only our high-functioning ones, because sometimes we have those who are nonverbal. They can still do the work. Why? Because they understand what's being taught. They understand what's being asked. Right. And so they just need that training. They may need additional training. They may need more time. And we want employers to give them that opportunity to learn the job as we do for new hires. Right. What is it? 90 days. So can we give them 90 days plus an extra 30. Couldn't do the math that quick. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. But, but really though, I applaud the work that you guys do the, the work that you guys are doing to make sure that these um, individuals with, with these unique abilities can serve their employer well. And I love that about companies like, like you guys, because it's, it's very hard out there. And so it gives me hope for like the students I've worked with that have autism. There's a student I used to work with that, that really wants to go work at target one day. And so what abilities can we give target or what awareness can we give target to be ready for when like my student can go work with them one day. So. We, we have to train, we have to train these companies to recognize the intricate parts of autism. So like we have those who are on the spectrum, they might stem, right? So why are they stemming? Could they be stemming because of the environment? Could they be stemming because, because there's a smell there, the lighting, you know, there's, there's, there are all things in our environment that cause, causes us to, that affects us. Like for me, I, I suffer with migraines. So therefore it's, it's the lighting. It could be the smell. It could be the sound. It could be the noise. And all these things impact those who are on the autism spectrum. Yeah. And we need employees to recognize that. And if they can recognize it and, and catch it when their employee is having, they're showing some kind of sign or symptom of sensory overload, mm. if you will. We want to. We want. We want to train them on how to recognize and engage our employees who are on the autism spectrum in the workplace. Recognize that sensory overload may be taking place. Recognize, engage them in conversation because they can converse. They just need the back and forth. Right. Don't allow them to manipulate the conversation because we all know that those who are on the spectrum can manipulate the conversation. Have you talking about what it is that they want to talk about? Right. Right. 
Exactly. We also know, though, Ryan, right? Our kids who are on the spectrum are good at data entry, right? So you got you have data entry, you have coding, research. They can do all these things. They just need the opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. And so my hope for the coming years is that they that employers do give these opportunities to specific individuals on the spectrum and even lower functioning. Like I believe like I've seen a student I used to work with that can pull towels. Like let's give them the opportunity to start doing some things. Like I can imagine like my student that's on more of the lower functioning side, he can pull towels for a hotel, let's say like a hotel place. So there's, there's definitely, there's definitely opportunities out there. Are we just willing, are we, but are we willing to go search for those opportunities and to see if the employer can, can, um, what's the right word? If the employer can create these opportunities Mm -hmm. that we may not see right out there in the open. that That cater to these specific abilities. Exactly. Exactly. Do you have any, anything to add on that Siobhan? No, I mean, I think that what LeBecky said, as well as you, 100% correct. You know, um, it is definitely important to meet people where they are. And, you know, I think introducing um, the opportunity for young people or anyone with who is on the autism spectrum, um, who, you know, introducing employers to the opportunities that they have in order to employ these people right. who have these abilities, right? Right. Um, it can it can definitely be a win win all the way across the board, right. you know, exactly. because a lot of people they just don't know, so they're just out there. They're you know they're hiring and and you know young people with autism and people with autism in general they deserve opportunities to be self-reliant as well financially you know or or as self-reliant as possible yeah exactly and when you when you when you talk about representation you know we talk about representation in workplaces representations representation in at the table so when you think about the person who's on the autism spectrum are they represented in the workplace we're persons on the autism spectrum are less likely to be hired because why they think differently. There's more than one way to do something, right? I remember I gave my son a spinner. We all know what the spinners are, right? So I gave him a spinner and I asked him to spin it. Well, I, I, I spent it. I was spinning it using the, I guess, anchors around it. Well, I gave it to him and he spent the middle part. Is it wrong? No. It was spun. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If I tell you there's three light switches and I say, hey, could you get the light switch on the end? Well, there's three of them. Which one's the end? So I'm thinking the left one is the end. Well, he flipped the right one because that was right. an end as well. That was an end as well. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I guess let's go into the next question. What has been your greatest struggle with maintaining your company? And I think, I think going back to what you were saying, I want to like bring these two together. So could communication 
even be a struggle when it comes to learning how to work with, um, with the autism community and when it comes to keeping this thing going? What has been the biggest struggle? I think people understanding what autism is and not that, and knowing that not everyone is the same, mm-hmm. that it is a spectrum. And just because you've met one person with autism, you have not met them all. Exactly. Exactly. Because there is an interesting quote that says, um, if you met one person with autism, you met only one person with autism. (laughs) And that is it. Like anybody else, you know, I I think uh, just as a society, we like to categorize things and people and put people in, you know, neat little boxes and things. But the fact is, you know, people with autism, they like it. First of all, it's a spectrum. We already know this. So the abilities are quite vast, just like everybody else. We all have abilities. We all, you know, have less ability in certain areas. So I think with autism, it's just the, those um those sensitivities in terms of their, um, you know, senses and input is heightened. Mm. And, um, you know, and it also comes with other challenges. Like we said, uh, some people are nonverbal and things of that nature. So they're different and various, but at the same time, they have wants and dreams and thoughts and values and like everybody else. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And, and sometimes with our nonverbal persons on the spectrum, the inability to state or speak how you feel, what you're thinking, what your thoughts are, when people around you are making decisions for you like you don't understand when in fact you do. And so that's what we want people to be aware of, because there's a misconception that because I am nonverbal, I do not understand what's going on. And that is so far from the truth. Yeah. Yeah. When you, you know, the thing is, I I fail at this at times, but like whenever it comes to like a student of mine in the past, when he was having a a bad behavior and he's not, he's nonverbal, if me and another staff are talking about that particular student in front of the student, yeah. that you you're 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 messing that person's psyche up with just just by talking with them. Because think about it, Lebecky, if your friends were talking about you right in front of you, it wouldn't feel good to you. Same thing with you, Siobhan. If your family was talking about you, gossiping about you right in front of you, it would not feel good to you. Absolutely. It's like walking in on someone who's talking smack, right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) They're talking trash about you and you hear it on your way down the hall. It's like, what the hell? What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by that? How dare you? You know? So the same, the same thing applies just because they can't speak does not mean they don't think. Exactly. Exactly. And and also, you know, parents talk about the behaviors, some of the behaviors that they're, they're, kid on the spectrum is ex- is exhibiting yeah. and but they don't take a look at the antecedent right mm-hmm. what's the antecedent antecedent like what happened right before it yeah before right what happened before the behavior yeah 
Because we just see the behavior. But what happened before? Exactly. It's something that happened when the kid was getting off the school bus, going into the school. You know, all the school, see, all they see is the behavior. But they don't know what happened prior. Yeah. Did they eat that morning? Right. Did they have a bad dream? Yeah. Was there an argument in the house? Did they sleep at all last night? You know, there could be so many things that play into, like all of us, again, like all of us, but some of us are able to say, you know what? I had a rough night last night. I didn't sleep well, and I'm in a really funky mood today. Right. Well, you know, maybe someone like little kids, they can't, they don't necessarily put two, excuse me, two and two together on that. And maybe someone with, um, who's on the spectrum, who is nonverbal, they might not be able to express that verbally. Um, but they're going to show you, I'm having a bad day. <laughs> so it would benefit us, you know, and that's again, where, where communication comes in. You have to be in communication with, you know, their folks at home, what's going on with so-and-so, yeah. um, you know, if you see certain behaviors show up, um, if if it hasn't been communicated to you that something was off at home, potentially, then that would that would definitely be a go to. Yeah. Well, what happened? What's going on? Yeah. Even those who are verbal sometimes have challenges expressing what they're feeling or what's going on. And if you were to ask them to write it or text you or use an augmented device to express themselves, they may be more equipped to do it that way rather than verbal, because we know that language, verbal language is not their first language. Exactly. Exactly. And so when you visually show it, it can, it can do something. When you visually show them what they may be feeling, like giving them like different options of like, hey, like, are you feeling like this? Or are you feeling like this? Um, it can do something to their minds to where they are able to verbalize it perhaps. Absolutely. It just takes practice. Absolutely. And it triggers different, you know, the visual triggers some, a different area in the brain than what we hear exactly. or what we smell. There are different areas that are triggered in the brain for all of it. So um, theirs might require that. <laughs> you know, because they might have processing issues. They might not be able to um, process what you even ask them. But if you show them, you know, this is what I'm talking about, they might be able to point to it's this, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Have you ever asked a kid with autism, have you ever say, have you ever pointed and asked them to look over there and they're looking at your finger rather than where you're pointing to? <laughs> that hasn't that hasn't happened to me, but I could imagine that happening. Yeah, that's what happens. It is a it is a very life changing field to be in. I I can say that the times I've worked with special needs, because um, I've been in the field for about five years, and there is a lot that I chose not to learn. Why I chose not to learn? Why I chose not to take on the necessary steps to work and be more proficient with the students or the clients in home that I worked with is because I didn't want to stretch out my compassion capacity. What I mean by that is there are times where like to be working with special needs, you have to learn to be compassionate on a whole new level. However, to have that compassion has to be stretched. And so stubbornness blocks you from wanting to stretch 
your compassion. I'm using very big articulate words to make a point, to articulate my point. To work with people with special needs requires compassion on a whole new level. And that involves stretching like a muscle. You have to stretch that, that thing in order to be successful um, with the students or with clients that have special needs. But looking back now, since I've been out of the field for the past three months, I realized the reasons where I wasn't so successful working with people with special needs was all due to me not wanting to stretch my compassionate muscle. So for everyone out there that may be workers in the field, I encourage you, don't be stubborn. <laughs> Take those, in this, those, those steps to, to build up your muscles, your compassionate muscles, to love those that have special needs. Having a family member who has special needs teaches you patience. That's what is required, patience. I've heard that from several caregivers. It teaches you patience. And it's not easy. And it's not easy. But we've mastered it. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yes, because we only have patience for them. No one outside mm. of them. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now we're gonna... that one. Now yeah. we're... So, then, so then that goes to the whole autism thing, too, because their brains are very big in some areas, very activated in some areas. And in some areas, it's not so much <laughs> like, you know, noticing, uh, being able to navigate conversations sometimes. Like you said, they, they dominate the conversation. Well, that's not what you said. They manipulate the conversation. They actually dominate the conversation. It's like they want you to know everything that they know about what they know about. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they don't really get okay, this person might need to talk to. They might have something to say. They might have, you know, something to add to this conversation. Exactly. They don't want to hear what you have to say. Because yes, once they, you start talking, they're done. Right. They'll walk off on you sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Or they, they start looking that way. <laughs> Thank you once again for watching Whole Creations. We'll be back with another episode next week with part two of this interview. Thank you so much.